Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. Oh, so the pre-roll. Here we yeah, are. Uh, you know, the worst thing about the pre-roll is just coming up with stuff on the spot. Because, like, we, we haven't said pre-roll in a pre-roll for a while. Mm-hmm. Since, like, the early days of the podcast. So now yeah. it's, like, now there's this, like, level of expectancy of, like, well, what do we say? We're definitely break, breaking the fourth wall on that one, Gabe. Because, you know, this is, like, some Deadpool-level stuff where we are now aware that we are in pre-roll. Which we always were. But, like, mm-hmm. to acknowledge it is a very very old tradition right well to be fair i mean it was a situation where we would kind of just uh it was like a way of t- testing the sound right like yeah. that was the original that just intention. Make the final cut yeah it's just something like well maybe adam would say something stupid or you would say something stupid and it's just like you know what i gotta keep it and when do i not say something stupid that's a, that's a good point i mean i didn't want to go there but you're right um but yeah that was like the original intention behind it now uh, it's kind of just a way to prolong content without having to say anything. Meanwhile, you know what I mean? But that Worthwhile. being said, I, th- I think our like shortest ever podcast was still like 35 ish minutes. Wasn't it? Yeah. Like in the four around the 40 mark. Yeah. Good forty mark. Yeah. 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 And I'm glad that, you know, that this thing exists, especially with what's been going on with my rig recently. I think it was probably in our best interest to make sure that everything was functioning properly. Yeah, I you know, uh, rig issues are always the worst. We've all had our fair share. Absolutely. Used to varying degrees. I, I mentioned to you the other night that, like, I had a Windows update, and it pretty much destroyed my Bluetooth driver for, like, three months. That's wild. It literally destroyed it so bad that I bought a USB Bluetooth adapter, and that worked seamlessly. And then one day out of the blue, it's like, hey, why are you using the USB when you have Bluetooth <laughs> built into your motherboard? And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> ouch. Yeah, right? Big ouch. Greg, what was your weirdest... PC issue. Um, mine was was uh my PC was slowed down out of nowhere, and uh, I went to go restart it, and it was stuck on the restarting screen for about like ten minutes. So I flipped the switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I got hit with that light. one too. Yeah, so I flipped the switch in the back of my PC, and the next time I booted it up, it would just sit there loading on the Windows like mm-hmm. logo. And I think what happened is that it instead of launching off my SSD, it was launching off my M.2 or something like that, which didn't have a copy of Windows on it, so. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, that is a weird one. A little bit of reformatting, uh, thanks to my brother-in-law who had a flash drive with Windows preloaded yeah, on it. Things so. fucking life. If you don't have one of those already, Jake, that is like your your go-to tool. Yeah, I'm gonna need to get one of those considering what went down last night. <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah. like it's totally free. So if you have a flash drive, just dump it on there. There's like, yeah. like a really easy thing to follow. You're slowly getting immersed into the tech world. Yeah, slowly, slowly but surely. I mean, like, cause audio is hard enough as it is, and you and I have discussed this, yeah. but. I'm like pretty computer illiterate, so <laughs> you know. Um, uh, we, Jake and I watched the uh, the Devil Wears Prada, the music documentaries this week, and what I love just seeing is I love seeing like the producers' like setups, like those massive tables mm-hmm. built in like crazy ass mm-hmm. soundboards, and like I just think that's. Amazing. You know who's got you know who's got the sickest setup though, like legit. Will Putney. No, Mike Shinoda. Mike Shinoda. Yeah, Mike, that was my second guess. Yeah, Mike Shinoda got the sickest setup. Anyway. Uh, you guys ready to get started? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 154. 154. We are wow. back uh, via quarantine again. So this is all on Discord, and it's all good times. 
without having to be in the room, which I don't know, Gabe. I like it. You, you know, you know what my fuck up was, was I brought over my brand new, nice, super big water bottle right before we went down on quarantine. And that's been stuck at your place for like a month. Yeah. Uh, I was like, should I wash it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. But I do like it. It's convenient. I'm in my underwear right now. You guys would never know though. Right. So yeah. It, it's well, nice I mean, taking a Greg can yeah. attest. He has like 8 a.m. meetings and he just rolls out of bed for him. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm on the shitter. Absolutely. Uh, we are back on a beautiful day. It's absolutely gorgeous outside. Hilarious because it's what was going on, but it's gorgeous outside on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Obviously, I have Gabe with me today. I as well have Greg as well. So, I think I'm assuming Greg moving forward is just going to be part of the crew. You know, open Excellent. invitation, open invitation whenever he wants to. Huzzah. Wow. Can go ahead and be on. I get absolutely. Up. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're more of a, you're less than an affiliate and more of like a member of the team now. boy. All right. So, um, yeah, we're back and we got a little bit of stuff on the agenda. It should be, uh, some fun conversating points. Absolutely. And we're going to turn, uh, chicken salad from chicken shit as we always do. Um, so yeah. Wait, wait, hold up. Can we talk about that for a second? What? We're going to, we're going to turn this into chicken salad from chicken shit as we always do. You should have said chicken nuggets from chicken shit. That would have made more sense. Yeah. Especially after watching Isn't the, a some piece of that. Isn't already a nugget? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, talk to me about Mountain Dew Doritos. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is something that I saw. I don't know if it's real, but uh, I'm assuming it's real because I think it was directly associated with uh, like the Mountain Dew like social media account. But apparently they're coming out with Mountain Dew Doritos. So in case you didn't want to waste the time of having to chug Mountain Dew after you eat your Doritos, you could do it all at once now. Mountain are Dew they, Doritos. Is are the they future. green? Yes, they are. Oh. You know, I feel like Mountain Dew and Doritos have always been like – behind all the big games like i know mountain dew had the big one for halo that's the most memorable one for me and then uh doritos has had a couple as well so it's interesting interesting to see that these two guys are like finally teaming up they used to um like they used to do the what's it called like double xp on the back of dorito Dorito bags or whatever and people would just go into it and like just take the codes and not even buy the shit and just leave uh they probably should have thought that one through probably should have put the code on the inside of the bag uh you said Mountain Dew Dorito, and this I thought it wasn't as bad, but then I put this thought of, like, what if they made a Dorito Gusher, where it's, oh. like, oh. you know, it's like, it's crunchy, and then when you bite it in, it's Mountain Dew, like, Jello. Uh, hey, well, write, oh, write that evil. down. That's evil. I, I had a totally different first impression. My thought was, when you bite into the Gusher, it's, like, all the, like, the chip seasoning that's on the Dorito. <laughs> oh, that's out. even worse. <laughs> but he said, no, it's Dorito seasoning on top and Mountain Dew on the inside. Yeah, man. Yo. It gets even more <laughs> gross if you think of Cool Ranch. You throw a Cool Ranch. What, oh. what, what is the weirdest Dorito flavor X Mountain Dew flavor? Like Code Red Cool Ranch? Ew. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? What are we talking <laughs> Voltage Ew. X Classic? Ew. They have Nacho cheese. <laughs> no. That, t- uh, that orange one. T- uh, one it's called. The taco Doritos with like the blue one, the like was that Power Surge or whatever they call it. Oh. Do you remember the? Uh, did they have a black Mountain Dew at one point, or am I just imagining? It was shit? black yeah, label. It was, yeah, no, it was uh, pitch black. We had that yeah, one. And that's then, what it was. It was grape. It was grape. And they and they had a black, uh, black label one, which was like berry. It was like a berry flavored. The, the grape one with any Dorito of your choice. bang <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? Jesus yeah. Christ! I mean, it's all going down to the same place, right? <laughs> All right, hang on. I got one other ungodly concoction, and then oh, we can God. move on. So it's a grape, right? But on top of the grape, we have the Dorito seasoning, right? Like the nice, <laughs> like, oh. like the in a cocktail. And then when you bite down into it, it's Mountain Dew. But you still get the the grape skin. That's the important part here. See what you guys like a. Does it snap like a grape? Yeah, 
you get the nice like crisp, but you're not sure if it's like the Dorito snap or the grape snap. <laughs> so what uh, you guys don't realize is that Mountain Dew is tapped into this feed and they're writing the, all of this down. Yeah, just yeah. the just the R and R team at There's Mountain a, Dew is like write yeah. that down, write that down. There's a guy in the Mountain Dew lab, I'm sure, who hasn't slept in like probably like six days. And it's uh, not he, because he's working; it's just because of all the caffeine he yeah, cor- correct with Mountain Dew. He, he hasn't showered in like nine days, which is two days before he went in. It's it's a it's just a, it's just a brutal yeah it's just a brutal kind of a thing. I'm sure the working environment in the, in the Mountain Dew R and D is just not it's not very good. I'm sure uh, I'm sure all all of our FBI agents listening in are probably like, what the fuck is wrong with these dudes? Yeah, they have rotation at this point. Yeah, four hours of these assholes and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then mandatory yeah. therapy. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Guys, they're right. playing Call of Duty tonight. You'll never believe what they said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah it's good stuff. Oh, what, what was it that Greg said? He's like, I hope you and your family have an awesome Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's how mad he was. He was telling people to have a good ass Christmas when we were playing Call of Duty. Yeah, we get there, we get there. But next up, we have another thing on the agenda, which this is actually something that I fully support. We got Arizona green tea coming in alcoholic form, and I'm all over it. Uh, I'm surprised it took this long, honestly. For sure. I mean, I'm an Arizona fiend. And I love the shit. And when you just give me some alcohol on it, I don't think I'm gonna have to consume any other liquid moving forward. I um, you know, I like Arizona as a brand. I really do enjoy it. The, mm-hmm. There's a pretty interesting, I don't want to call it a documentary, but like an info video that I watched on YouTube because you know I like that informational shit. But um, no man, uh, Arizona Tea Group is fucking phenomenal at what they do, and I'd like to see like a like a tequila ex mucho mango. I think that'd be pretty big. That sounds good. See, now we're, now we're doing the inverse. Now we're doing good stuff that Arizona could actually come up with. What's everybody's like go-to Arizona flavor? I feel like that one's all over the place. That RX Energy one for sure for me. The, that's a good one. Um, if it's a, if I see it, I'm either going to get the tropical fruit one or the cranberry, but those are a little bit more harder to come by. Interesting. I, Mucho Mango has always been my go-to, but I've recently started, I say, I should say enjoying more of Arnold Palmer's, Arnard mm. Palmer's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. It's just simple. It's good. You know what I mean? You don't need mm-hmm. to go like crazy over the top with it. Even the green tea one. Yeah. I'll, like there's, there's not a bad choice in there at all. Like they have mostly really good drinks and they're all quality and all taste at least somewhat good. You know what I mean? Hey, maybe when we figure out how to stream this podcast, we should make like an Arizona, an Arizona tea like tier list. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's something we could work on. Uh, that's a project that I, that I actually get behind. Yeah. That sounds like fun. We'll figure it out eventually. All right. You guys ready to get into the actual agenda this time? Yeah, yeah. good stuff. So we're talking about movies, TV, books is what we usually open with. Unless we're feeling saucy, we'll go down to up. But I put uh, this topic on here, and I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on it. So uh, the topic is just the state of movies in 2020. Obviously, with this whole coronavirus situation and quarantine, theaters have been shut down. And a lot more um, platforms like Disney, Hulu, they just said, fuck it, put it on the streaming service, right? Like, fuck a, like a traditional release, I should say, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so this this begets the question because a lot of movies like the new James Bond coming up or like a Blumhouse film that needs to be postponed because they don't have a streaming service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that begets the question of, are we just going to be jam-packed with like movie releases from August to December? Or like wh- what is going to happen? Are we going to get like 20, 30 plus movies just releasing in the span of two months? Well, I think um... – just the calendar year when it comes to movies in general usually hits like a, a, a lull from like, I want to say from like the end of the blockbusters to about like, you know, um, Christmas. Cause Christmas is like a, a 
very big in the in the movie going scene, you know? See, but like now you're totally omitting like the entire like month of October. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of horror movies that drop or thrillers or whatever you want to say. Like that's peak time for people like A twenty four, Blumhouse, um, Halloween, right? I mean, um yeah, yeah, but usually October, like whether they're good or not, is is irrelevant. What matters is do they draw money? You know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. A lot of these movies don't do like crazy good in October. Like, you know, I think uh, Beavis and Butthead for a long time when Beavis and Butthead doing America came out had the best October release like of all time for until like I think Halloween or something came out. So, um, you know, it's just it's not a very money high money time for them you know what i mean um so whether the you know the releases are there or not i think um the money that they draw during the time period is definitely lower during like the fall months um so i guess we'll have to see what they're gonna do i would imagine that um for some of these things that are already in the can they're gonna try to get it out as quickly as possible because right now it's just burning money into their from their pockets right um you would think that would kind of be their plan moving forward but at this point uh, from what I'm reading, AMC might not even open back up ever again. You yeah, know? I, I saw that they're uh, that they're having some issues there. Which, um, by all means, go support your local theaters and stuff because local business is great, right? And you have to think about like the gigantic hole that's going to leave in the market if AMC goes down. If, I can't even imagine what, like Marcus and all the other icon how they're probably feeling. Um, if AMC goes down, it's just going to leave a giant hole in the market, you know? Yeah. And uh, I wonder. Right. Yeah, I don't. I wonder who's going to try to to take that spot, that number one spot in the country. It's going to be interesting because now it's like, well, you know, I don't want to get too political because, man, why do we always say this? This isn't a political mm-hmm. podcast, but like mm-hmm. with all these bailouts going on, it's like, what is the traditional American teenage, like Friday night out if you're not going to the movies, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just a quintessential part of that experience, in my opinion. Correct. Um, but yeah, no, that's a very good thought that what what does happen if AMC goes down to the shit? Are we going to see a rise of... I don't know, CMA or something, you know, like a different company just pop out of the blue and pick it up. Or you think all these like production companies are going to try and step up kind of like our idea with warp tour, that there's not one conglomerate place now that there's going to be like, maybe like a Warner bros specific theater. You know what I mean? I, I think that's kind of an interesting kind of idea. Uh, I, I would love actually, if this is, if it does go down this way and AMC does bite the dust, I would actually love to see a rise of the local theater. Yeah, I mean, because because Marcus, granted, it's not super local. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are like the Lagrange Theater, uh, the Oak Park Theater; those are like truly local, right? And yeah. There's one in Lockport too, but um, Marcus is like the next readily accessible one, and that one's not even that big. Like it pales in comparison to AMC in regards to like location, profits, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just due to the the volume of people that go to AMC and kind of how they've branched into like the, the eating in market and stuff like that. I think they took it really, I think they're taking it really, really hard on the chin when it comes to the revenue because what they do, what got away from just the movie going experience, it became more of like a night out kind of experience, you know? And uh, I think, th- I think that it was a great idea. Like lo- they thought it would be a great idea long-term, but obviously nobody anticipated uh, the world to kind of shut down like it did, like it has. So I wonder, you know, I, if AMC does go down uh, the toilet bowl, I would like to see um, obviously like a local theater kind of take charge in regards to like the South suburban Illinois area. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I'm most looking forward to is that because somebody down the line is going to get it right. It's going to be a, a, a fucking franchise or it's going to, it's going to be something small that has like two or three locations, but they're going to have all the good movies that are coming out. And then on top of that, they're going to have quality fucking food. 
that you can buy. Yeah. Like a, like a legit ass dinner. Cause the AMC stuff, it's not bad. It's mm-hmm. just wildly overpriced for what you get. Absolutely. You know? But you're going to the theater. That's the main attraction. You pay the service fee and you pay the upcharge because that it's not a restaurant at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Mm. That's why you're paying 12 bucks for a rum and Coke at fucking AMC. Unbelievable. Yeah. But I'd like to see somebody take up that charge and be like, yeah, dude, like this is a theater, but we've got like three or four chefs on deck. We got a full ass menu. And if you order before your movie starts, you will get a legit ass meal. I think that's what, like Hollywood Boulevard. I think they maybe they can step up and kind of become a bigger chain if that if that's the if that's the move moving forward. Yeah, you know, because Hollywood well, Boulevard get, is the closest thing to real food that we get in movie theaters. You, you got to consider too, like if AMC does pack up and call it a day after what 50, 60 years, however long it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're gonna have all these buildings, all these empty ass theaters that were built specifically for that. You have the architecture in place, you have the equipment in place, you have mm-hmm. the seating. Like it, it's not like I'm sure some of them are going to be repurposed for something else, but it's literally set up to be a theater. You know what I mean? It's especially a shame those, to not utilize that. Especially those really big ones, like the one in like the quarry. Like that's a fucking gigantic movie theater. Like it's really, really huge. I, I'd even argue that the one in like Ridge is like, like what else are you going to put in there? Like those ceilings are like massive. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Or the one in Country Club Hills. Yeah, like like what what are you gonna like, you could put a shop in there, but it's gonna feel like crazy, crazily overwhelming. Like you're gonna have to bring stuff down, you're gonna have to relocate power, all that sort of stuff. It's just or, it's just some thoughts to consider is all. Or like Absolutely. um a go kart area. That would probably be the only like thing. Like uh, laser outdoorsy. tag. Laser yeah, tag something, maybe something like that. Yeah, but, you know, then you'd have to demolish the walls between the theater rooms themselves to fully utilize the space, right? Yeah, true. At least some of them. Well, I mean, no, because some of those theaters are big enough that, like... You could fit a whole ass arena yeah. in there. It's just yeah. small because of those seats going up. And you could have... I feel like if you lay it flat down, it would be... Here's an idea. Why not take these... Uh, and, and, you know, well, I'm, like, 400 steps ahead of myself right now. But, mm-hmm. like, if it does come down to that, why not just host gaming tournaments at these things? Why not just right. rent these things out like they already do, but make it more of like a like a venue, right? Like the bottom mm-hmm. lounge, how they're like, oh, well, you know, we're a bar restaurant, but there's a whole other ass room where there's like live music almost every night. Yeah, it's, it's an idea. I and mean, then I you know. could you could realistically at that point, um, obviously not for like E3 if that continues, but like for some of the smaller like local qualifiers for tournaments and stuff like magic tournaments fighting game tournaments whatever it may be right like Mm -hmm. that realm of competition and that realm of uh like social interaction you could in theory just rent it out every weekend or even for like a convention you know what i mean if you have enough space for that yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean i don't know i think it's a very interesting question i think um just kind of how industry was working as a whole has never been put in this situation um you know we've never had this happen before where we're shutting down like this, at least in the modern era of society. You know what I mean? Um, this is interesting how these things are, how some of these companies are going to have to b- find a way to bounce back if they can at all. You know, it, it's uh there, there was a vice documentary on the, like the downfall of like, there was this Ohio area where in like the seventies, eighties, nineties, they put up like five or six malls within like super close proximity to each other because shopping was just blowing the fuck up. Like people had more money to spend. Right. And then, they started shutting down all these malls and now there's people that venture into them for photography, for adventure, whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck it may be. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'd be super interesting to see that sort of downfall of consumerism happen locally. Cause what's, 
where's the nearest abandoned mall near us, right? Mm-hmm. That's I, I can't think of one. Can you? No. I can no. think of abandoned big like warehouses. Like I, I can probably think of a few of those, but like a whole ass mall that's like an acre or two big, or I don't know how much an acre is, so don't quote me on that. But <laughs> it's just the thought, right? Yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely a, a, a weird train of thought. And, but that's the thing that people are gonna have to start thinking about, you know, moving forward with everything. Um, you have no other choice, right? I mean, absolutely. Like, like just as an example, like today was my wife's grandma's birthday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, normally they would throw like a party and stuff. So today, obviously we can't do that. We threw like a little parade in front of her house. You know what I mean? Like we drove by a couple times and then we dropped off like a little gift basket and yeeted it out of there. That's cute. Yeah. I mean, like you got to do what you can. Like you have no other choice. I mean, I, 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 as much as I love being like, I, I'm a homebody anyways, as much as I love being home, it is nice to be out and about to do stuff every now and then, you know? Yeah. And, um, feeling like a goddamn prisoner from planet bullshit, you know? But, um, mm-hmm. here we are. All right. Um, let's go ahead and keep moving. I actually saw a movie. <laughs> well, it's an older movie. It's a movie that's been out for quite some time, probably about four or five years at this point. Movie's called White House Down. <laughs> All right. Starring Channing Tatum, uh, Jamie Foxx, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and essentially it came out three months after, uh, Olympus has fallen. And it's essentially the same fucking thing. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, Channing Tatum being super, super secret service man. Uh, trying to save the president's life and stuff from within the White House itself, right? And uh, I expected this movie to be like really fucking terrible. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't totally fuck awful. I mentioned that last night to you guys. Um, I think the main problem was that it can't pick a tone. Like it tried to be funny at moments, but it also was trying to be like deadly serious. And I don't think it worked out too well. <laughs> um, some of the action set pieces were pretty cool, I guess. Like they had a fucking crazy like uh bumper car scene in the middle of the fucking the front lawn of the White House that I thought was pretty interesting, um but they couldn't pick a tone. I think that was the main problem because Channing Tatum, I like him, but he does not have the best acting ability. You know, sure. I think that's I think that's fair to say. I think he's actually tremendously underrated when it comes to being like a funny guy, and um you know I, I put Channing Tatum as Jonah Hill's best partner and he's worked with Leo. He's worked with Michael Sarah. He's worked with all these guys, you know, and um, it's, I don't know. I, I just don't think that it's great for the role. He, he does two things really well. That's uh action guy, action man and funny guy. So uh, I think it's kind of interesting with that. I think the, uh, the ratios there need to be properly proportioned because you're right. Channing Tatum is a fucking hilarious dude, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he does like the, the awkward jock so perfectly as yes, we've seen does. in like 21 and 22 jump street and mm-hmm. even like this is the end like when he was in the fucking gimp suit absolutely hilarious right <laughs> um yeah. I, I just think i don't know I, I like him quite a lot i like his acting but maybe he just hasn't found his stride yet you know we talked about the situation with jonah hill that mm-hmm. we liked him as an actor super bad was good but like he didn't particularly love that role mm-hmm. um like many of us loved him in that role you know and then he came out with the mid 90s and we're like i want to see this dude behind a camera for the rest of his career because that movie was so awesome mm-hmm. for sure so, hey gabe I, who else was in uh this is the end uh jonah hill who else uh michael Sarah. keep going um emma watson keep going Craig Robinson. Keep going. My boy. Yeah. Who's your boy? Danny. Danny McBride. So Danny that's like McBride. 75 episodes in a row. You've brought up Danny McBride. <laughs> well, you made me. <laughs> um, hey, man. Another good there. example though, right? Yeah. Another good sure. example of maybe just kind of finding your place in the universe. You Absolutely. Gotta, you got to separate from like the Apatow crowd, you know, like Rogan can run it and by all means hop in. Cause that's like, that's the squad right there. Right. But like maybe, 
don't know. Branch out, try different things. Um, I haven't seen Magic Mike, but from my understanding, he was good in there. I don't know if it was because of his acting or if it's because of his body, but I, I think, yeah, I think the latter on that one came. <laughs> but regardless, maybe yeah. put maybe put Channing Tatum in like a space opera. Who knows? Maybe he has it. Maybe it was he called just... it was called Jupiter Ascending, and it wasn't great. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. I was so bad I couldn't finish it. Yeah, all three of us will watch Magic Mike as three heterosexual men, and we will. I haven't seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, <laughs> one of us in this chat has seen Magic Mike. One <laughs> supposedly heterosexual. It wasn't me, guys. <laughs> you were there opening night with your Magic Mike hat. Quit playing. Uh, uh, I bet your wife perhaps. has a Magic Mike hat, Jake. She does not know. Yeah, because you threw it out. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. I saw it. I'm like, you can't do Hard it. <laughs> yeah, it's got. It's got to go. It's you can't be me. loving the white man. It, it was either. No. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! Oh, it was man. either I told her it was either me or the hat. I woke up the next morning in the lawn, in the front lawn. I'm like, I, I gotta throw out the hat. Then your wife cannot carry you like that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know, man. There was that one time where I was super drunk and she was pregnant and she had to carry me out of the bar. She actually did a pretty good job in that regard. That Latina rage. Yeah, this fucking, so, this fucking asshole. Really, I'm pregnant yeah. and he's getting slammed. <laughs> yeah, I got drunk that night. It was bad, but yeah. So uh, I wouldn't. I mean, I would definitely never watch it again. But I, <laughs> I came across it and I'm like, you know. I'm like, I haven't seen it. I've heard bad things about it. This is Adriana's type of movie because it's horrible and she loves horrible movies. And, uh, yeah, we watched it and, uh, yeah, it's like a, like a D, I guess. Bet, a D? Guess. Okay. Uh, j- just for reference, uh, Greg, we rate albums and movies on a scale from A to D because we were super inconsistent with the way we graded things and <laughs> yeah. we wanted to streamline that process. Yeah. So the whole process that is streamlined now because it used to, what, what albums were one to 10. Oh my god, we were we're so dumb. I can't believe we carried on with that system so long. Albums were well, I don't think it was that dumb, but albums were one to ten. Movies were I think one to ten as well, but we flip flopped a lot between movies and you were mm-hmm. like, No, enough of this. Yeah, I can't can't take it in no more. Uh but yeah, it's a D. And, I, uh, I like how people are tapping into the movie reserves during this time. It only makes sense, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think I've seen anything on my like movie list since we've been put on lockdown. Well, you've been gaming a lot, you said, right? I've been gaming. I've been doing schoolwork. I, I wrapped up with school this week, so I should be getting a lot more free time coming up. But then, you know, I still have like my personal side projects and stuff that need love and attention. So interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. Well, this next one is you, Gabe. Cool beans. So Bob Odenkirk launches his own production company. Bob Odenkirk, for you ladies and gentlemen who don't know who he is, is better known as Saul from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Um, I, I like how after I watched Breaking Bad and then I went back to like Criminal Minds, a lot of like other TV shows that I enjoy to binge, he pops up sporadically through there. He's like one of those guys that you're like, oh yeah, of course he was in there for like an episode or two. Like I was watching, uh, I was watching Scrubs and Ryan Reynolds shows up for like three episodes. I was like, holy shit, this is when he was a nobody. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to bring that up. Bob Odenkirk, I like him. He's fucking. A hilarious dude and uh, i'm curious to see what he's gonna front what kind of movies and kind of what he's cranking out in the future man um i have a lot of good feelings about breaking bad as a series with gilligan as writer and all the actors were phenomenal in that show i know jake you didn't finish it Greg, did you ever see breaking bad uh probably a while ago i don't really remember too much of it Okay, then you haven't seen Breaking Bad. Copy that. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> but I, I like to see people with industry experience in like the trenches, per se, kind of uh, get promoted internally, for lack of better terms here. Because mm-hmm. the guys you have out on the front lines for X amount of years, and they get seasoned, and they kind of know what they're doing as actors, writers, or whatever the fuck they may be, and now they're like fronting their own projects like this. In my opinion, that's a recipe for 
absolutely phenomenal things to come. So I just kind of wanted to mention that. Excellent. 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 Cool. That's good stuff, man. All right. Let's go ahead and get to gaming. We got some stuff to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the first look at the dual sense controller. All right. Uh, that's what's, they dropped some photos. They dropped some, uh, imagery on what the dual sense moving forward is going to look like for those who may not be in the know. Dual sense is the new PS5 controller. They have kind of moved on, quote unquote, from the dual shock and they're doing mm-hmm. this thing instead. Uh, what is your guys' opinion on this controller that you've seen so far? Um, well, I think it looks super futuristic just off the bat. Mm-hmm. It looks like next gen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is the final product or if this is a concept art and there's still going to be some revisions. Uh, it, it looks okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I actually don't, don't particularly like the color scheme for it. I know like the black and white is like traditionally like minimalist and it's supposed to be appealing on all those levels, but give me that PlayStation one gray. Give me a simple black. Give me, give me something more PlayStation. You know what I mean? Give me that mm-hmm. pedigree because I feel like when we're at PlayStation five now, which has been the longest running and best selling console series of all time. Mm-hmm. You'd want something that resembles a PlayStation. And it doesn't need to 110% reflect that in your design. Don't re-release the PlayStation 2 controller, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But come on, like, make me feel like this is a fucking PlayStation controller. Look at, look at the, the jump from one to two. They added the, or I should say PlayStation 1 Gen 1 to PlayStation 1 Gen 2 when they added the, the analog sticks. And then the PS2 controller was just slight modifications. And PS3, it felt very like organic and natural. And even into the PS4, it felt like a good transition. And it felt like, okay, this is still a PlayStation controller with new technology, better battery life. And I say that very loosely. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and all sorts of things, right? But then there's this just massive leap. Like, it's like a quantum leap, it feels like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It feels like when Marty McFly fucking hopped into the DeLorean and hit 88. This is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um I, that's just what it is to me, man. I don't, like I said, I don't hate it. I also don't particularly love it. And now I'm kind of, uh, when, you know, the Xbox Gen X was revealed, they're like, well, your Xbox One controllers are still going to work with it. That's kind of already a plus for me that my Xbox One controller will work with this next gen console. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess my, my thoughts on this forward are, uh, we, we mentioned this prior, but like use the touchpad more. I feel like that was grossly underutilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned to you that like the best functionality of the touchpad was when you have to type something out and you can wheel it around like a mouse. But like very few games take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they put it there for a reason and it's still in the dual sense controller. Utilize it. Utilize it because you'd be a fool not to. Greg? Um, so looking at it, it does look sort of like they took an Xbox controller and just flipped uh, the left analog stick and the D-pad. And then just called it a PS4 controller. Uh, I, I've been on PlayStation 1 through 3. I have not touched base on 4, but I am an advocate. When it comes to that stuff, I'm an advocate of if it works, then, you know, don't make any modifications and don't fix it. Maybe just slightly. Uh, the PS4 controller, in my opinion, uh, I'm different from Gabe. It didn't, it didn't feel like a PlayStation controller as much to me. Uh, I just like that old classic look of what they did with the, uh, Gen 2 uh, PS1 controller and then the PS2 and PS3, just like something different, but pretty much the base like concept of it is the same. Um, I don't know what the features are of the Dual Sense controller, um, but I just wish they kind of kept it the same throughout. Like, because like my favorite controller was the PS3 controller. Like that was just that just felt amazing in my hands. Still felt like PlayStation over, you know, 
yeah, this 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 DualSense controller just looks like an Xbox 360 controller. Just flip like the left analog stick and the D-pad in a different. Position. Here's a hot take for you guys. What if, and you know, it, it may seem lazy on their part, but I think it would have been genius. What if they just carried over the PS4 controller, gave it a USB-C port and a better battery, so you have fast charging and you can game without having to fucking charge your shit every 25 minutes. <laughs> That's an idea. Hey, hey. It is what it is. I, I enjoy my PlayStation 4. It's just the battery life. It is the worst out of everything. Out of my Switch, out of my Xbox One controllers. It's embarrassing. To honestly, I keep my shit plugged in at all times, basically. I, how many controllers do you have, Jake? I have, well, six? like, all together. I have six, yeah. Six all together, yeah. 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 It's just a little embarrassing. And I think that, I, I think that this is one of those instances where not much innovation was needed. But I feel like Sony was kind of like, well, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it feels like that. They overkilled it for sure. I, I I would have to agree with you guys. Now I don't. I like I saw it, and a lot of people were like shitting on it. I, there's like basically two trains of thought that I believe that you could take with it. I feel like a lot of people um, complained um, that there was not a major difference from controller to controller from every single DualShock mm-hmm. iteration up to this point. So I think. Um, PlayStation took it upon themselves to try to do something a little bit different. Um, it definitely looks a lot bulkier. I'm, I'm completely fine with the, the DualShock and how it feels in the hands. I think, I, I don't know. I've been playing Sony products for 20 years. I think, um, it's perfect for how it looks or how it feels. But, uh, I do understand the need to try to do something different. And, um, so I'm not mad at them for trying, you know, really at the end of the day is how it feels. And I'll have to get it in my hands to tell you whether it's, a hit or not. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some adjustments when it comes to how games feel, especially like Call of Duty things I've been playing on this remote for a long extended period of time. I'm sure that's going to change. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I, you definitely could tell that they are emphasizing, um, you know, the, the touchpad, right? That's something that they want to use, uh, a lot more because Gabe said it, man. It's easily the most underutilized feature. Uh, we were promised the world of that thing when the four was coming out, right? They said swore up and down they're gonna do tons of things with it. It's gonna be so cool, a lot. And at the end of the day, it's just an, you know it's just a, 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 a button to pull up your map on fucking Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I have to feel it. Uh, I do like the design. I, I think it is kind of cool. As far as like the color scheme, I get your point, Gabe. But you know how many you know, they're gonna come up with thirty different colors for this thing. You could do whatever you want with it, really, in sure. the long run. But the one that comes with the console is usually the one that the the design, quote unquote, of the system is going to mirror, right? They're going to have the same kind of look. So I'm wondering uh, what the actual console is going to look like. Um, and we're not going to know until uh, March because they push they push back the release of this thing. And apparently, um, you know, with this thing going on, that is really uh, put a, a hole in their plans as far as getting things released holiday, which is was what which was the original plan for it. So. Uh, I don't know. I just would have to wait and see on how it feels because that's really that's really the big difference, right? Um, how it feels and it's got to feel great. Because um, otherwise, you know, I, I'm gonna see if I could just plug in my four remote and see if it works with that. You know, I'm sure because uh, you can plug in your four into the three via USB and that still works. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe there's some leeway there. But I, I got a lot of mixed feelings, man. I enjoy Sony. I've had a couple of PlayStations. I've had, yeah, I've been on both sides of this argument. I've been on all three sides of this argument because I have a Switch now as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, like I said, dude, it's just, I feel like Sony, maybe at the moment, they're in this kind of mindset and where they feel like they needed to innovate. Where, like I said, you could have slapped USB C because my biggest gripe is we're living in 2020 and 
not everything's on USB-C, which is the like best way period at the moment to charge your shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just do those two things. That's all I need. <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, I wonder mm-hmm. if somebody out there has developed like a controller mod kit where you could swap out the USB-B port and it dump in a C port with a better battery. That'd be the best $20 investment ever. If you can, if you feel confident cracking over your, your open, your con- controller. Interesting. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, cool. All right, let's keep moving then. Uh, Valorant. Uh, okay. So I tossed this on here cause Greg spoke to me about it, but I kind of wanted his thoughts in recording. Greg, talk to me about this game and kind of the, the controversy surrounding it at the moment. <clears throat> sure. So for those of you that don't know, Valorant is a, FPS is being made by Riot Games, uh, the creators of League of Legends. And what Valorant is, is it essentially takes Overwatch and Counter-Strike and kind of mixes both of them into this uncongealed, ungodly horror. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying it's bad because it, like, so the things it takes from Overwatch are the heroes and the abilities that come with the heroes, but the things it takes from Counter-Strike are the whole, uh, like the buying mechanics, rounds, planting the 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 bomb as the objective, and you can literally one tap headshot anyone uh, with any gun. Uh, I've seen some gameplay of it with streamers, um, so the abilities don't look too bad because mm-hmm. you actually have to buy them uh, during the buy period, as well as any of the other weapons. Um, yeah, so you just, you just buy abilities and weapons in that buy period. Uh, anything one tap, which is all right, and the abilities don't seem too OP, and a lot of people have been dumbing this, the Counter-Strike killer, that, oh, everybody's gonna move from Counter-Strike over to Valorant because it's so great, you know? I don't think that's the case, in my opinion, because when you're taking, because Counter-Strike itself is just so well oiled out, like, it's been around forever, like, they haven't changed anything from the old CS source or 1.1.6? They've barely added new maps, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's just honestly just new, it's honestly just new maps and it's just the same gameplay and it's worked out all this, all these times and you still have all the questions. Yeah, you just keep it simple. Don't, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Valorant is, there's a lot of like, my, at least in my personal opinion, like how the abilities are going to play out because some of these abilities seems to just one tap. Once one of the, one of the abilities is like you're able to revive a teammate and when he's down or like, I think there was even one where it's like you mark a checkpoint on the map where your current position is, and then when you die, you respawn at like if you're if you die within like that ability's like time frame, you respawn with full health at like the same at the checkpoint. Oh, that sounds that sounds interesting. Wow. So I, I I'm curious to see as as how this is gonna play out because I mean I've been watching streams and it looks all right, but I mean I don't know like Overwatch did their thing well, Counter Strike did their thing well. I don't know if it's gonna work out mixing both formulas of each game. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think uh the thing about um Counter-Strike is that unless somebody's cheating, if you die, it's on you. You know what I mean? Like you, you made it the same with Siege as well. Well, that yeah, that's true. I mean, but there's definitely us when it comes to like the abilities, there's certain levels of bullshit, right? When it comes to Siege. Um, you know, there's certain things that you can't control, but I feel like like I said, unless somebody's cheating in Counter-Strike, if you die, you know exactly why. The guy had better aim, you whiffed on a fucking uh up, you know, an up shot. You know, um, but I think once you start adding a level of randomness um, to that formula, I think you're going to lose a lot of your player base because I think ultimately um, you want a fair learning curve. Yeah. You don't want all this randomness 
taking place of, you know, granted they may be better for newer players, but like mm-hmm. if you're like a seasoned guy, you don't want your KD, you don't want your uh, game winning progress to be stifled by luck. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cause there's no getting lucky and doing well at, at fucking, um, you know, uh, see, or not see, I'm sorry. Um, uh, counter strike, right? There's no like, like getting lucky. Oh man, I, I went off. I had fucking 20 kills or whatever. It's like a kill that you get lucky with. Correct. In, in yeah. Like a, yeah. In like a match a flying up or a deagle headshot. Yeah. Like a weird flick. Absolutely. It's not a whole ass game. Correct. And, uh, I think uh, once, like I said, once you start adding those random things, I don't know. I don't think it's going to translate very well. Um, that's the thing. I mean, like, it's kind of like the pure man shooter is, is the whole Counter Strike thing. So I don't think I think it's in a different ballpark as Counter Strike altogether. I understand the gameplay similar similarity, so people are can't, you know comparing them. But I don't know. I don't think it's going to be anything more than kind of just a fad. I think that's the thing. Um, you know, the whole hero pick your hero kind of a thing. It's it's, it's a fad. You know, it's something yeah. that a lot of these games are doing nowadays because they feel like it's the new cool thing. And absolutely, it, it brings interesting things, interesting dynamics to the gameplay, especially when it comes to team comp. But um, eventually, this is a fad that's going to go away. You know, you know and um, this, this begets a very interesting conversation as to the rise and current state of the hero shooter genre that maybe we should cover on the exploration podcast because we have three seasoned guys that um like this sort of stuff. Absolutely. We could do it. So, it'd be something it's def- foreshadowing. Yeah, it's it's I don't know, man. Um do I wish the game ill will? Absolutely not. I mean I, I think uh new games are are important. I think especially when it comes to like streaming and keeping things fresh. I mean yeah. I, I can I can only watch so many so much Call of Duty. I can only watch so much, you know Well we saw how much fun. Apex Legends disrupted the market when that dropped Last Absolutely. Year, two years yeah. ago, whatever it was. One hundred percent, right? Yeah. And um, I think we need more games like that just to break up the monotony of it all, uh, and uh, just to keep things fresh moving forward. And um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not uh, shitting on it. I'm I'm definitely gonna still pick it up just to see how it is, um, because it seems somewhat somewhat interesting. And you know, I've played Counter Strike from 2014 to 2016. You, you so. played Siege. You've played Overwatch. Yeah, you you kind of know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it should be fun. Well, yeah, well, maybe we could get a, like a little report on that when you once you get some game time in and uh, tell us how you think you feel about it. Yeah. Alrighty. Cool beans. Uh, so uh, you guys both mentioned to me that uh, Crisis, the team at Cryware, uh, was tweeting some stuff, and so we found out that Crisis is coming on the Switch. Um, cool. I, I also mentioned it's getting remastered overall. Right. Um, I mentioned last night that the Borderlands games are also coming to the Switch, which I thought was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what a powerhouse of a console. Uh, terrible fucking launch, but now it seems that everybody wants or has the Switch at this point in time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that Crisis is coming to Switch. I'm curious to see how it looks and how it performs, because Crisis used to be like the benchmark game for your computer. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, it runs Crisis, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we'll see. I, I'm imagining... It's going to be in a similar boat as to Mortal Kombat 11, where the frame rate is probably going to be capped at a hard 30, just because the hardware limitations and stuff that we're working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, I mean, we got Doom on the Switch. Um, granted, it does, it, we got Witcher 3, we got Mortal Kombat 11, we're getting... It, it feels like the Switch is now... Uh, I should say, it feels like Nintendo is now batting once again with the big boys, because I feel like they really haven't since the GameCube, in my opinion. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a welcome addition, I guess, and we'll have to see how it runs. Uh, the portability aspect is nice, and I, I guess that's all I got to say about it. What is our opinion on Crisis as a franchise? 
I have no experience with it, if I'm being honest. I love it. Um, as far as, like, for me, I mean, I've, the first crisis I think I delve into, I mean, it was one. I, uh, granted, I was young and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, but like, I guess the first crisis I dove into as a mature man, (laughs) as a mature man, as a man, (laughs) as a man, uh, was crisis two. Mm -hmm. And playing two and and then uh, later on, like one, uh, it was a different experience for sure. I mean, crisis one had this like glory, like gorgeous open world jungle. Uh, you can interact with anything. You can pick up a chicken, whip it at a wall, and it'll break the brick wall down. It's great. At the, um, the way, hold up, the brick wall? Yeah, at a, at a, at, at a hut. You can literally whip a chicken at a hut, and the hut will just collapse. <laughs> it's great. Um, I think the story for two is a, a lot better, and, mm-hmm. and the story for three, but like, one, I feel like there was a story there, but it just didn't really make sense, and, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, overall for me, it was just like this gameplay is great, and that's pretty much the only thing that kept me like su- that kept sucking me in. Um, going back onto the whole like Crisis coming to Switch thing, apparently Nvidia Shield TV is already running Crisis. Um, oh, that's interesting. On its own thing, and it literally has the exact same chipset as the Switch. Um, so that, that's that's pretty cool. But the one thing that everybody's like wigging out about is like the whole ray tracing thing, because uh, Crisis Remaster is going to be the first game that uh, is going to allow ray tracing. And for those that don't know what ray tracing is, it's uh, simulating actual light rays using an algorithm to trace the path uh, that a beam of light would take in the physical world, instead of like that janky like setting shadows and mm-hmm. uh, rays like you know pro- like hard like hard coding it in, you know, so it's more mm-hmm. dynamic. Um, I mean, I think the Nintendo would definitely be able to run it. I have, I mean, like I don't. I have a Nintendo Switch, and MK11 does kind of look like doo-doo on it, but it still plays. Uh, I don't know how Crisis, how intense Crisis is going to be for the Switch. I have a theory that's, like, I don't know if it's going to be able to be played in handheld mode. Maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, it like, you'll have to dock in and, like, display it on the TV. Um, but, I mean, I still think it's going to be able to run it. I mean, we like like Gabe said, we have Witcher 3, Doom. Um, mm-hmm. It just, just, you know, you're just trading in graphics for, like, a more smoother... Like gameplay experience, yeah, so, and mean, portability. Portability is the big one, man. Yeah, yeah, and portability. It's just like I don't. I feel like the Switch, when it comes to portability, it's mainly for games that suck you in, like like Gabe has uh, with with uh, Legend of Zelda. So like you, you know, like I don't know if anybody's gonna be on their like daily one hour train commute and gonna hit like just like think like, hey, let me just boot up prices real quick and like. You know, I mean, you, but there has to be a market for it if they're releasing it, right? Yeah, like there I guess must so. have been some research. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, like, what the whole selling points are, because, I mean, I still think, like, the consoles, most likely, and then PC, or, like, definitely PC is probably going to, like, be outselling the Switch, but uh, for those that want Crisis and just don't have any other major consoles or a PC that can handle it, like, well, it's always my, a plus. My, my theory is is that if, if last-gen consoles can run Crisis, and I don't know this, I know this is a remaster, if last-gen consoles can do it, I think the Switch should be okay. You know what I mean? At least okay. I don't know how great it's gonna look. Um, I, I love the Crisis as as a whole. I love two. I played Crisis Two was a game that I literally probably played consistently for like six months, and every single day I never got better at it. I just got my ass kicked constantly at it, and I still loved it. It was such I a played weird the multiplayer aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was such a weird thing. I got my ass kicked just on the regular and didn't even care. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's gonna be kind of cool because it's three. Three crises in total, right? There's three of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then a couple DLCs for one. Like I believe it was called Warhead. But... Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad to see it coming back. Uh, I'm sure it's going to look great. 
with the new consoles and whatnot, or I guess you know this current gen. I think it's I think it should be fun. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, so BMW opens up uh, e-gaming sponsorship leagues for like Cloud Nine uh, and a couple of other sportsman things. And I was mm-hmm. telling Greg, I'm kind of upset because I'm out here paying for my own Beamer parts when I should have just been playing <laughs> video games up until this point. I'm telling you, yeah. uh, let's go. Let's just go join G2. Uh, well, yeah, G2 was, was one of the other big ones. Let's have a little discussion about, I guess, kind of the current state of esports because I've met a bunch of people that are like, they're not a sport. Uh, sure, maybe not a traditional sport, but you still need to have the ref- the reflexes, the insight, the knowledge, and kind of the awareness in order to perform well. You look at something that requires a, like a high skill curve of learning, like Smite, Siege, uh, Overwatch competitive, um, you know, any of these like character shooters, competitive modes. Uh, there's a lot to learn and kind of a lot to absorb, even stuff like Mortal Kombat, fighting game tournament stuff. Um, and now, uh, you know, we, we saw people like Ninja make his fortune and streamers and all that stuff. And now we're seeing the big boys kind of get involved and dip their toes into the market because BMW isn't some small local yokel sponsorship. This is a big ass international one that's going to be funneling shitloads of money into these teams and probably outfitting them with the nice, the, the BMW Pumas, Greg, you know, the ones that you and I like the yeah. track jackets, and probably maybe even cars if you win, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all sorts of sponsorships and promotions. So I, I guess, what, what is your guys' thoughts on the current state of the e-gaming world and stuff like this? Because I feel like as time goes on, we're just going to see everybody hop in. It's going to be something like NASCAR, where Lowe's eventually has a Rainbow Six team. And you can only play Americans, like Buck. Yeah. Fermate. Well, Buck is Canadian, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, I think uh, this is the way that um we're going to have to go. You mean take a look at the world, what's going on. Every other sport's canceled. The only you know the only sport to quote unquote that can play right now is the the e-gaming, right? The esports. To, to uh, an extent, obviously we're not going to have the conferences that we used to, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and I'm I think uh, at least the CDL, the Call of Duty League, I think they have finally taken the right um you know, made the right choice when it comes to how they're kind of laying out the league. Because before, it would just be like a random name team, right? As like like an Optic or an Envy or a Phase, right? And uh, you know, you would if you're trying to get into it, if you're a person who's not like uh, inherently into the gaming thing, if you don't play, you don't really know who those things are, right? Well, what the CDL, what they have done is add teams, like teams from like locations. So as an example, the Chicago Huntsman, right? So even if you've never been into gaming before and you're just trying to get into it now, maybe it's something that you saw on ESPN or whatever, or the X Games, right? Because they're doing that. Um, now you have you have that native wall. At least I could cheer. I know I'm going to cheer for Chicago because I'm from Chicago, right? As an example, yeah, I- you have that tribalism installed yeah. in you. Correct. And uh, if you're getting into it, I think that's important, right? Uh, you don't know how to know anything about football to know that you want the Chicago Bears to win because you're from Chicago, right? Um, I think that they're, I'm glad that they finally made that choice to, to do that. And I wish more teams would do that. They would kind of put themselves at a home base and say, well, this is what we're playing for. This is the city that we play for. What, what uh, if I told you that this household roots for the Buffalo Bills? Your household roots for the Buffalo Bills? Yes. I mean, I like the Bills. They're cool. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, that's okay. I mean, you could root for other teams and stuff like that, but you know, when you watch the game, most people cheer for the home team, right? For the most part, uh, even casuals, you know. Um, but I'm glad that they made this choice, and I think it's kind of interesting that we've seen this very large influx of big name sponsors entering the parade. You know, 
and uh, wanting to get their names on people's jerseys. You know what I mean? I think it's interesting. Uh, like you said, I think I think NASCAR was a, a great uh, comparison that you made. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people don't know who uh, you know who Denny Hamlin is, but you know that his that he's the FedEx driver as an example. You know what I mean? I, I think it's interesting. Um, and I'm glad that we've gone this route. I think people are taking it more seriously and, um, it's drawing huge money. So usually once you could put, start putting money, large amounts of money into these things, uh, I think people start to pay attention, even if they're not interested. And, uh, that's where we are right now. Cool. Greg, what are your thoughts aside from me having to pay for my own car parts? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> esports in general to me. At, at least, like, just to me, has been always a gray zone. I mean, I, I went back when Counter Strike was again. I I played it. I used to watch it and everything. Um, like the Katowice uh, tournaments and all that stuff. Always rooted for Virtus Pro because you know it's a Polish team. Um, I just I think the big names actually getting interested in esports and starting to funnel money in is like decent. I mean, I I have my own opinions about esports. Um. But I mean, if if they want to get their ga- like head in the game, like BMW, um, I think this is probably the time because, like you said, like we're all shut in right now. All the other sport, major sporting events are canceled. Uh, esports are probably esports is probably like one of the only other ones that like are actually still going right now. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's still fun to watch and stuff. So I mean, we'll see where this goes. Like, see what other big wigs kind of stick their hand in the into the pot. So yeah, that that was my kind of thought process as well because like i said bmw they got money to say the least yeah i mean like how interesting would it be to like instead of seeing like the mortal Kombat tournament sponsored by like roadrunner which is the label that we're all should we i'm pretty sure we're all familiar with imagine if it's like old ford sponsors mk11's grand championship or something like that like well, that's a little that gets a little dice here because of all the blood and gore. Roadrunner I mean, probably accepts that wholeheartedly, you know. I'm just, I'm just as an example, you know. Right. Uh, Corey Taylor is the next DLC fighter. <laughs> hey, dude, fucking. So his variations are his various bands that he plays in. Like he got, you got a Stone Sour Corey. You got nah, fucking. So I'm gonna one up you. The the variations of Corey Taylor and MK11 are gonna be the different masks throughout the year. So you got like, you cool. got like the the sick era, like the first album. Then you got like the psychosocial album, and then you got the current Corey Taylor. Well, I think those are too similar. I think you're gonna. I think you should probably go through like the opposite end of the spectrum. But anyway, moving along. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm glad that you know these, these, that these people can make a living playing games. Um, you know, every sport started off as just a game, right? So um, I think it's interesting. You know, I, I love it actually, kind of, sort of. <laughs> cool beans. Uh, gaming has definitely come a long way. Uh, mm-hmm. What is this next topic? Who tossed us on here? I did episode one Pod Racer. I guess it's coming to the Switch. Uh, the Star Wars game. Correct. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, um, I'm getting a switch. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I think it's kind of cool. They're remastering it apparently. And I think it's coming somewhere else. I, 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 this is a couple of days since I wrote this down, but I think it's also going to PC. I want to say, uh, yeah. So they're redoing the episode one pod racer and dropping it, dropping uh, it like it's hot. Why this game out of all games? Out of like, all the no Star Wars licenses and. No fucking Shadows clue. of the Empire would be great on Switch. Republic no idea. Commando. Republic Commando would be phenomenal on the Switch. Bounty Hunter. Oh, oh, I, oh <laughs> bro, that. Oh. <laughs> I have a uh, fun fact. My PS4 came with the download code for the first Battlefront, like the 2014 mm-hmm. one. Uh, Bounty Hunter and some other classic Star Wars games too. Yeah, I envy so, you for that Bounty Hunter. I envy so, you. 
<laughs> so metal. But yeah, so uh uh I love it, man. Uh I wish we we get remasters and redos of Is that, is that whole these. game just like you play as like a pod racer and it's it's just basically like a like a ridge racer-esque? Yeah, it's a it's a racing game. It's all it is. Uh obviously you can unlock, you know, you have Anakin and all that stuff. But yeah, you just you unlock these random characters, these different aliens from different planets who all have their own pods and you just it's just a racing game. So thirteen thirteen got canceled, but we get a fucking remaster of this. All right, copy that. Hey man, hey, stop they it. came out with that. Uh, what was that one that uh, respawn came out with? Oh, uh, Fall last, in order, Fall in order, so good. Fall in order, yeah. It's it's kind of like a thirteen thirteen thing. Yeah, it's like the spiritual successor at the very least. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and it was awesome. We talked about that. It was my game of the year last year. But uh, so yeah, uh, I think it's kind of cool that they're bringing back Pod Racer. And uh, I had a t- I, I played it on the N64, so I loved it. And uh, so this is the straw that breaks the camel's back for you in getting a switch. Is this? We'll game. we'll see. <laughs> not Luigi's Mansion, not Breath of the Wild. Hey, not- well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Take it easy. Number one, number two. Uh, we'll You're see. Still getting Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I want Luigi's Mansion. Um, but we'll see what we'll see with how the finances look moving forward. Maybe eventually when I get my Donnie dollars, maybe I'll be able to convince the woman. Uh, but we'll see. All right. The Switch has so many good games. Zelda, fucking Jake over Mario, ah, Pod Racer, go. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Greg. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, so that's cool, and that's gaming, Gabe. Let's do your thing. Do uh, your... Let's get into music news and reviews. Uh, have you guys heard of Block by Block West? Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, you guys are in for a fucking treat. So I believe sometime last year we got a marshmallow concert in Fortnite. Uh, Block oh by Block God. West is a Minecraft concert, and uh, let me pull up the uh, oh, Block right. by Block this West. One with Pussy Riot and Nothing Nowhere and Oliver. Yeah, Pussy Riot, and, Nothing and Nowhere, Wicked, Wicked Grandson, uh, Fever three 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 is performing against the current. Uh, Oliver what? Francis, Wikiphase, yeah, Wikiphase, yeah, The Rex, uh, Your Smith, Magdalena Bay, The Polar Boys, Deal Casino, uh, what? Kanaoyoshi, yeah. that local hard, local-ish hardcore band. Um, what the fuck yeah, are you, yes. what are we, what are we talking about? Wait, what? This so is a concert. In game, in Minecraft, like, in a week, you, you next join Saturday. The server, all these artists are gonna be performing, and you just kinda dick around. I just sent you the lineup. What? And Fever three 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 is performing. Yeah, that's like one of the bigger names, probably the biggest name on there, right next to like Nothing Nowhere. What? Oliver <laughs> Francis. Yeah, Wikiphase. Uh, I'd say like Greg and I would probably recognize more of these names, but Deal Casino, like I said, is on here. Kanayo, she's on here. Fashion Jacket, Danger Boys, Skin Mag. Where's Blade? <laughs> yeah, right. He's gonna be the, the headline. <laughs> Citizen. That's a pretty big band too. Um. So yeah, it's uh, next Saturday. I guess check it out. <laughs> do, do we have to? Do we have to like pay anything? I I just think I you joined the Discord. Yeah, I think what that's the it. F- okay, I I might have to take a look at that because I have never this. Is, I am like blown away by what the fuck you just described to me. I literally <laughs> I sent you the lineup just now. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm and, looking uh, at it. Yeah, and it's not like some like local like Pennsylvania bands. Well, a couple Pennsylvania bands, but uh, <laughs> so, it, like, it is some pretty big names. So so like, are the artists going to be in the Discord server like? Dude, I have no idea. I've never <laughs> been to one of these, and I don't know how to react. You just hear Wikiphase munching on wheat thins. <laughs> God. Sorry, guys, I gotta mute my mic. <laughs> my turn yet. <laughs> All right. right yeah. <laughs> I will have a review of that for next week's podcast. Oh, you're gonna go? All right, good copy. We're, we're all going, bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah, what the fuck? We're all hopping on that. I'm gonna have to check that out. That's interesting. Uh, get some diamonds, bro. 
the diamonds. Yeah, right. Mine some diamonds while they're playing. Be like, you guys shut up. I can't hear the creepers. <laughs> <laughs> you damn kids. Hey, look, Stop making so much goddamn noise. <laughs> oh, my God. So All we, right. We have, uh, we have a couple album reviews. One is much past overdue. Jake, talked to me about Guardians by ABR. August Prince Red's newest jam called Guardians. Um, I finally got all the way through it, and I wasn't like in a way because like uh like I didn't like it. I just it for a second it blurred into the background, and then I caught my attention again. So yeah, I am uh I checked it out. Um, it's August Prince Red's most recent, and it is a very good album by a very good band. Um, that I think they upped the technicality uh on this particular effort. Now it's hard to say that because Matt Griner is the most technical drummer on the planet, but uh he is very very good. And the whole album is very, very good. They actually introduced some cleans this time around, which is, I think is something you and I have brought up before that they've never really done that. Uh, or at least like, capitalized on it. Yeah. They're, they're starting to integrate some of those cleans into it. Uh, it's not a total rehash of what they've done. It's, I would definitely say it's like a step and a half jump from what they've done previously. Um, I, I love some of the riffages in here. They got one of the most brutal, brutal breakdowns that I've heard from them in quite some time. Let me pull up the, the name of the song. I'm pretty sure it was called, I'm sorry. Cause I'm really good at, I'm a really good podcast host. Um, the song is called, I think, was it, uh, Defender, I believe. Oh. Um, and it just rips, it rips, that whole album rips. Uh, That's I was the only put, song I heard off the album. Was, oh, okay. It was, it was Sweet. Phenomenal. Yeah. It's it, good it, stuff. Greg likes it. It's got the seal of approval. Good. Excellent. Or, or, um, or. <laughs> it's all really good. Uh, the whole album is August Burns Red at their highest level. So far. And I feel like they, they, we say that every single time, but, um, it really is. And, uh, I wouldn't put it in like my favorite albums of the year, but, um, it is definitely a really good effort from them. I feel like to, to like when they release an album, it's like cheating almost because <laughs> every, because, every smaller band just gets pushed aside immediately. Yeah. And it's, it's not fair because I feel like the architects kind of falls in that same kind of category. Um, uh, but, um, I, I think they did a really good job. Uh, I think maybe I'll re- you know listen to it a couple more times, and maybe it'll, it'll go up on there. But for right now, it's kind of off to, it's on the outside looking in at the moment. Uh, but yeah, it's a solid B. Marcus Burns Red, which is a band who consistently puts out great music, and I would definitely recommend everybody check it out moving forward. Good stuff. Uh, so we got contacted by some promoters to check out this. Um, I believe their name is Hellgarden. Uh, mm-hmm. They came out with an album called Making Noise, Living Fast, and this is a bit overdue as well. Uh, Jake, mm-hmm. did you listen to this thing? I did, yes, uh, and I love the title because it's so what it is. <laughs> yeah, it encapsulates it beautifully. Uh, so yeah. this is a Brazilian band, if I'm not mistaken. I, I believe so, yeah. And uh, I, I guess the first thing that comes to mind when I listen to this stuff is I was like, it is crazy to me that different parts of the world have different influences. I know, it's such like a like an obvious statement, mm-hmm. right? Like so like situationally unaware. Mm-hmm. When you listen to this, they're clearly channeling bands like Pantera mm-hmm. and like Cowboys from Hell, right? And like stuff like that. And I just love it because it brings back all the youthful memories of like the nineties metal scene and what made it so good and what made it so fun. You look at the metal scene in the US, uh, particularly like metal car hardcore, which I would say are some of the bigger like subgenres, you know, that, uh, commercially. Um, and then you, you bring this back and it's just full blown brutality in your face. It was a really fun album. I quite enjoyed it actually. Yeah. Um, it, that being said, I wouldn't say that it's like a hundred percent in my vein of, mm-hmm. or sh- I should say, style of what I default to mm-hmm. uh, when I jam to music. But that being said, it has good production. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has great lyrics. Uh, it's in English, which I guess caught me off guard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the instrumentals are pretty fucking good. Um, I, I've got like nothing. T- 
terribly bad to say about this album, aside from I want to hear more personality shine through the album. Uh, I don't know how long these guys have been around and stuff, but I'm looking for kind of them to dig their niche. Because, like I said, I, what I heard when I was listening to this was the classic 90s thrash yeah. and metal bands. You know what I mean? Mm, I and agree. I want them to carve out more of a personality. But we'll get there. We will get there. And I'm actually kind of excited. I gave this album a very solid B, yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's totally a throwback. It's a throwback to a time where metal was more simple. And yeah. not in, like, the technicality sense, but in the sense where, hey, man, we're just going to play music really loud and really fucking fast, right? Which is, again, hilarious because it's making noise living fast because it, it is the mission statement for the album. Um, these guys, you know, they approached us and asked us to review. And I love when bands do that. I wish more bands would. And, uh, hey, man, it, it was a great effort from a band that I've obviously never heard of before. And uh, I would definitely keep my eye on them moving forward because it was a lot of fun. It was very, very intense, very moving. Um, and I would love to see it live. That's something that I would love to put on my agenda um, if they ever come through. So Hellgarden, definitely check them out. Um, we appreciate you guys reaching out to us. And I know it took some time to get this review done and uh, just the overview in general and done because of you know what's going on. And obviously, we haven't been doing a show every week. Um, but we're glad that you guys reached out. It's a lot of fun. And I definitely put it in the B category as well. Technical playing, just fast music, tons of fun. Great to play Call of Duty too, for the record. And, uh, yeah, excellent job. I also want to say that for a smaller band that has never been on our radar before, this is like the second best compliment we can give is that we are looking forward to hearing more. Yeah. Because literally the only thing better is bands like, that come out of the fucking blue, like that band from Carol stream that you really liked. Mm-hmm. And that was like, Holy shit, this has made my top five. Like this is insanity. Like why are more people not less fever war was my band last year. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just these, this is literally the second best compliment we can give a band like this. That's like, I want to hear more. Yeah. You know what I mean, I feel like a lot of bands get swept under the category of, yeah, they're all right. Nothing yeah, special, but for sure. Yeah. By us saying, we're looking forward. Like we are putting you in the same sort of, uh, stream as bands like Northern Ghost, as bands like uh, I'm at a loss right now, but y- you get my point here. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely check them out. Uh, if you like fast, uh, you know, technical music, uh, this is a good place to go. Good stuff. I have another album on here. It's a album by a band called Drain called California Cursed. I'll give you one guess where they're from. Uh, Iowa? Minnesota. Yeah, you're right. Nope. Right on the... <laughs> They're from California. Uh, I just want to start off this review by saying California hardcore is alive and well, and I feel like we don't give the West Coast the love it deserves. We're very whoa, much an whoa, East Coast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, go ahead. I, I like West Core, all right? Yeah, you no. Don't, you, you I don't have nothing against West Core. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing against West Core, but a lot of the bands we love are from the East Side. I like Lionheart is all I'm saying. Go ahead. <laughs> but do you like them as much as you like Vanna? No, but that's not fucking fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a fair comparison. Do you yeah. like him as much as you like the chariot? Or every time I die? Well, no, that's or the, converge. That's well, I'm not crazy about converge like that. So okay, well, it's just it's just something I wanted to bring up because I feel like we we do we, we there's obvious kind of bias here in my opinion. Maybe because we're closer to these side, maybe. But uh, California Curse, uh, Cali Hardcore is alive and well, and it is fucking thumping from that bleeding heart. Uh, Jake, I want you to sit down and listen to this album because it's actually properly fucking good. I forgot how malleable of a subgenre hardcore music is, and this is more of the like traditional hardcore that like Finn McKenzie talks about, right? Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but we're not going to get into that. No, it's a properly good album. A couple of standout tracks I want to 
bring light to is Hollister Daydreamer, character fraud and bad faith. Um, there's something beautifully lovely about the way that the West Side hardcore movement makes you want to get up and simultaneously flail your arms, but also punch the, the fucking walls. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's something they capitalize on very well. Like, I'm imagining this band playing at a, like, a medium-sized skate park and all these kids just going fucking apeshit. Like, that is the epitome of Cali yeah. skate court to me. But Interesting. I liked it. I, I give it, like, a B+. Um, I could see this creeping into my top five. I gotta, like, uh. sit down. I gotta sit down and, like, figure out what makes the cut at the moment and kind of uh-huh. look through my album reviews because... Uh, you know, it's that time of the year when Disposed by uh, The Plot and You comes back around, you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> because once a year, that album, you just get reabsorbed into it. Correct. Um, that being said, thoroughly impressed. Um, uh, I guess to kind of cap off the album reviews, if you have a band and you want us to review your music, send us an email, tweet at us, do whatever. We love doing our music reviews. And um, that's all I got to say. Let's talk about singles. All righty. So this one's you. Uh, dance Game Dance, Lyrics Lie. Uh, <laughs> properly good. Uh, one common thing that I noticed throughout these sort of line of singles, because they did drop another one recently, is that I feel like John Mess and Tillian Pearson are now getting like equal, um, vocal time on these singles, which I think is a very nice balance. Because if you look at stuff like Mothership and even, um, Artificial uh, Selection, Selection, I think it was, Mm -hmm. there was definitely like an imbalance and it wasn't always in favor of the cleans and it wasn't always in favor of the screams. It would kind of vary from song to song. As accordingly, it was a nice switch up. But that being said, this is one thing I noticed just right off the bat. And bands like Dance Gavin Dance, they have the shit down pat, even with three mm. or four different fucking frontmen at this point. Mm. They know what they're doing. And I kind of also want to bring up that they initially pushed back their album to August, but now they said, fuck it. If you are streaming it digitally, it will be available this Friday, the 24th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So we'll have, hopefully, have a full album review of that. And man, I feel like these guys have just been keeping super busy. Absolutely. Good stuff. And then did you listen to this Bloodbather single? I have, yes. Woo, Lord. Yep. Uh, start us off. So, Bloodbather coming at your face with blood. They want to kill you. They want to kill your family and your dog. And then bathing it. it. And then bathing the, the blood of your dog. No, <laughs> seriously, though, this band is fucking brutal. <laughs> they are, um, yeah, man, like, I, I just want to say my discovery. Um, they're very, very fucking heavy and intense. And I love it. And uh, I need to see more of it. I just love Blood Bather. They're so heavy and they're so brutal. Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess that's we we can say a lot about music like this, but we, we're kind of we've been molded into you know what I mean. We were born into like this kind of scene of violent music, well, and they they bring my the like the sensibilities. It brings me back to like cavemen, where just like oh, so heavy, wants more heavy, heavy brutal, <laughs> brutal heavy music. Oh yeah, I don't know they why are, I turned Russian in that. They're still. a three piece from Florida, by the way. Yes, Which makes that even more impressive. Not yep. the three piece part, the Florida part, but well, the three piece part too, because <laughs> yeah, no, that was the joke there. Oh, brutal. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, hey, <laughs> yeah, no, Bloodbather is again one of those bands where when we did the album review 2018, mm-hmm. maybe early 2019, we were mm-hmm. like, we need more, and mm-hmm. now we're getting more. We got um, oh, never mind. Uh, I was thinking paralysis, but that was uh, sanction. Mm-hmm. But we're getting more. I'm excited. I don't know if there's an album plan, but if there is, they have my money. I'm going to pre-order this thing. I'm going to get a shirt just because. Ooh. And, and you know how I feel about pre-orders. Yeah. And, and I think if a band or a product gets me to that point where I'm like, yeah, I, I have full faith in you guys. Just take my $35 or whatever the fuck it is. I think you've 
done and said what you need to at that point because there's very few bands and stuff that I'll just you know I have full 110% faith in. True, absolutely. So yeah, oh. man, it's all good stuff. Um, yeah, man, Bloodbather is just bringing back a just level of filth that's not quite there. Yeah, check you know. this out. That was a uh, Dance Game and Dance Lurch Lie, and then Disappear by Bloodbather again. Absolutely. Those singles. That's all. That's all I had uh, for this week in regards to music stuff. Do you guys have anything else? Anything you've been jamming to? Um, stuff you well, look forward to? Well, actually, we are going to make a, a quick, uh, I guess, announcement. Next, well, not next week. Whenever we do the next podcast, we are going to be doing a retro review of the Devil Wars Prada. Um, well, now, a, a uh, career interview. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, career review. Uh, career in review is what we called it of the Devil Wars Prada. And uh, you know, obviously, we know you kind of know where Gabe and I stand. I'm kind of interested in where Greg is going to go with that. Uh, for Greg, Greg, if you're not familiar, a career review is when we basically look back at everything a band has done and review all of it. So, uh, so Greg try. is familiar with the Zombies EP, by the way. I just want to say that for the record. Yeah, Gabe okay. literally sat me down, strapped me to a chair, and forced me to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only right way of listening to that EP. Are you Clockwork Orange shit. Yeah, like Clockwork Orange peels your eyes open and be like, nope, gotta watch, motherfucker. Well, that being said, you know like HTML rules, dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everybody does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we all grew up in 2006, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, um, that's something that we're all going to be checking out within the Probably, within, like I said, we'll be doing a podcast every other week, basically. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing. So uh, that should be fun. Also, Motives, I'm going to be sitting down, giving them another complete listen and do a full album review next time we do it. And uh, what else? What else we jamming to? Greg, what you got? Well, um, recently, Tyboy, uh, well, can I? Can I, can I yeah, by all means, man. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> Tyboy <laughs> Digital, <laughs> which is uh, one of the members of Drain Gang. Uh, dropped a single called Ying and Yang, uh, which features two songs, uh, New York City and the self title ying and yang um definitely like like amazing two songs uh you get the same sort of rapping flow um that type was usually used to uh in, in new york city and then you get the more mellow me- melodic high pitch voice in ying and yang uh sort of similar uh kind of get some uh, lip service vibes off 11 of generary members so i mean two phenomenal like singles are out the bat i'm looking forward to what Tybo digital as well as the rest of the drinking um are going to be releasing in the future. Um, and I guess Lil Uzi is going to be dropping uh, something new on Monday, as well as Playboy Cardi. And uh, I also checked out Meh by Playboy Cardi, which is a single that he dropped. And uh, I don't know, it's it, it's gotten a lot of hate, but actually I I enjoy it. Um, I don't really listen to Playboy Cardi that much. Um, the only times I really did was when he was working alongside Lil Uzi. But... Um, I definitely enjoyed it. It was a little bit more melodic. Uh, I always thought he was more like a drill M- rapper. Melodic. Is melodic. Way, yeah. Melodic. Melodic. Whatever. <laughs> Me- melodic. Whatever. Yeah. We all say it differently. Um, no, it's not tomato, tomato, you motherfucker. One's a mispronunciation. It's, it's right and it's wrong, motherfucker. You're a tomato. And Jake's a tomato. Um, <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, I always thought Playboy Cardi was more like a, you know, a typical, like, like 21 Savage-esque type rapper, but this, uh, this melodic, uh, song, man. <laughs> Definitely kind of struck me off guard, and uh, I never really would think that I'd be listening to Playboy Cardi. So, um, yeah. Good that stuff. Is- An- another quick mention by a, by a band that I put both of you on. Uh, but Greg discovered that a band called Rectal Smegma dropped an EP on Friday, a five-song EP. I just want to go through these song titles. Um, sure. Just because I love their song titles. They oh, always yeah. crack me up. Finger Bang Orangutan. <laughs> that one goes uh, in hard, too. So uh, bitch. Hymen Hysteria, which is a re-release. Cunt Druncula. Uh, <laughs> Brothers of the Sisters of Suffocation. And then the last one is Slayer but Gayer. 
<laughs> I like that. Oh man, this band cracks me up. And for the record, Greg, that was the most time we have given probably rap total <laughs> in the history of this podcast. So I'm, it's gonna be like I'm Greg's corner. New levels. It's gonna be like Greg's corner where he just gets to bring up his own shit. Oh, you did a kamikaze review when that came out. That's true. I also did, uh, did some pretty, some logic Kendrick. stuff. Kendrick, yeah, yeah, Kendrick and Logic throughout the but, years, but but still. <laughs> so, Greg, what's going on on the other uh, side of the music world today? Well, you see, <laughs> it's going to be you and Jake in the grimy corner, and then I'm over in the whiny, whiny corner. I like well, that's, that. well, that's nice because because uh, Jake's definitely in the grimy. Yeah, Greg's definitely in the whiny. You're but in between. I, I'm in between. You yeah, know, yeah, you're, between. You're, you're the outlier. Yeah, you get to comment on a little bit of both, so that's good. Hell oh. yeah! All right, that's we got any closing thoughts on this? No, other than the fact that I lost the outro for the show, so I'm gonna have to do it like like old school game. Social media wrap up, Twitter, Snapchat, all that stuff. Second City Kids, uh, Instagram, Second City Kids J, www.facebook.com slash Second City Kids. And of course, if you've got any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at Second City Kids at gmail.com. And that is where the bands have been reaching out to me. All right. So, uh, please continue to send stuff that you want us to check out, even the, 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 the rapers of the world. I mean, the rappers of the world. Um, go ahead and check us out. Subscribe right in iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere else podcasts are found. And of course, Second City Kids Podcast at podbean.com. Please check us out. All right. Is that all we got? Yeah. All right. right. We'll see you guys next time, whenever that is, for episode 155 of the Second City Kids Podcast. And until next time, folks, deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids Podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.